Hey, it's your girl TT from the D, and I want to welcome you to day number two of the 30 Day Marriage Challenge. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, and I am super excited and I'm grateful for every married couple for rising up, getting ready to take this challenge with us as we take this 30 day challenge and this journey. It's something new. As something I believe that we all can be strengthened from. And I think that we'll learn something along this 30-day challenge. Whether it's something we see, whether it's something we hear, whether it's something we do. I'm hoping that each topic and all the scriptures that we collect and we gather and we share, along with some substance to help, along with the word, will bring some enlightenment to your union to your marriage to your covenant so our topic today why is communication so important in marriage i want to start off a little differently this morning by giving you two scriptures that you can take and unpack at your leisure the first scripture is first peter three and seven and it reads the following likewise husbands Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may be hindered. I'm sorry, may not be hindered. Second scripture, Colossians 4 and 6. And it reads as the following. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, those are two scriptures, as I said, you can unpack at your leisure, but we're going to break down why it's so important to communicate in marriage. First of all, it's two different people from two different backgrounds often with two different perspectives Two different personalities, two different life experiences already attached individually, coming together to make one. So we come in this thing called marriage with our own perspectives, our own thoughts, our own ideas, our own ways of living life. If you've already entered your union with a little bit of counseling in your backpack, then that's great. And you might say, what does that mean? In some marriages, there were some things you had to go to, or I should say go through, prior to being able to be um, able to be committed together. For myself and my husband, we had to go to premarital counseling with our pastor, Pastor Carrie. We met with him. And we had some homework we had to do. It was it was interesting. You know, you have your your thoughts of what is premarital counseling. What does that look like? And it's probably different in every different religion. It's probably different. I don't really know. There may be some religions that don't require you to have that. I don't know. As I said yesterday, marriage relationships and unions are birth through all different kinds of cultures, all different walks of lives. So it may look different 
for um, let's just say an example, a Christian marriage may look different than a Jewish marriage. Okay. Um, and I'm just saying two different cultures, two different walks of life and, and, and two practices that are different. I just use as an example, not to horn in on either one, but I am a Christian. So therefore I can only tell you from my way of learning as I go through life and marriages, not all practices that I may share with you are from a Christian's view. I'll say that like what I'm getting ready to share with you. There's, um, seven different steps to understanding the importance of communication in a relationship that is not from a Christian's perspective. That's just from a learning perspective, uh, data collected from different, uh, polls and surveys and relationships and couples from different walks of life. So number one, it helps to strengthen respect, effective communication does this and no matter what type of relationship but we're talking about in marriages right it's important for us as husband and wives to be able to effectively communicate and it starts with respect it's important that you respect your wives husbands it's important that you respect your husband's wives it's important the idea is simple we're supposed to meet and greet one another every day with empathetic hearts, grace and mercy every day. You don't get that time out like, okay, you know what? Today, I'm not going to extend mercy and grace to my husband. Today, I'm not going to extend mercy and grace to my wife. Then you already messed up if that's how you're thinking when you start your day, when you get ready to have a conversation. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And he could take it how he want to, or she could take it how she want to. No. You already went to that conversation prematurely foul. Okay. Because how you choose to start off a conversation with your spouse tends to lead to how you're going to end that conversation with your spouse. Sometimes we have to have difficult conversations, but you have to enter that thing. Even when we know it like, oh, this is probably going to be a little rough. Yeah. Conversation's not going to always be rosy. Sometimes it's going to be rough and rocky. Some going to be glass filled. Right? It's a part of life. It's reality. So you got to go into that thing with respect. For his or her feelings. Their thoughts. When it comes to talking. If you want to get something ironed out. You want to get on the same playing field. Understanding that you're not going to always touch and agree. But something my husband taught me many years ago, way before we got married, is that we're not going to always agree, but let's agree that we are going to respect one another's viewpoint and keep it moving. Or we'll be stuck because it's like, if I'm not going to see it your way and he's not going to see it my way, then we're not going to go nowhere. If you hell bent on, well, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Or he's hell bent on, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. No, let's, let's. Talk about the situation at hand, understand your point, his point, your point, her point, and come to a median where you can touch and agree. Sometimes we'll touch and agree and have the same outcome. Like, you know what? I didn't see that or I didn't think of it that way. And sometimes you may be on your thought, 
your spouse on their thought. And you got to come in the middle. You got to meet in the middle. Because your partner may have insight that you may not. And you may be expecting them to have a certain type of insight that they do not. And that can dampen your bond when you are not willing to go into that thing initially with a level of respect for how he thinks, for how she thinks, for how you guys think together. Okay. Number two, it takes the guesswork out. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That's so important. Okay. I learned this early, early, early way before I ever thought about getting married in a relationship I was in. I have to say it was uh, the relationship I was in with my older son, this, my older son's father. He had taught me that if you shoot straight from the hip, you ain't got to worry about anything being misconstrued. Now, I was kind of young and being taught that, but I learned it along the journey. And I take that as one of the biggest benefits of life. To be honest and upfront, that tends to not only take out the guesswork, but it also can help you kind of help you from hurting your spouse and help your spouse from hurting you when you're open up front and again it goes with respect I think that goes hand in hand with respect a healthy connection between you and your spouse comes from being honest not withholding something and a lot of times you might hear people say well I want to hurt her or I want to hurt him so I didn't tell them that part uh, yeah, that important part that you thought was nothing could be very huge to your your spouse. It's not up to you to choose what you should say, what you shouldn't say when it's a part of a serious conversation and communication. And you have to learn to improve your communication skills if you are that person that say, you know what, well, I'm not going to say this part. Uh, I, I'm going to just, they, they should read between the lines. What? No. That's not helpful and that's harmful and it can be very detrimental to your relationship, to your union. Number three, it helps to avoid misunderstandings. As close as we may become with our partners, every relationship is made up of two different people, as I said earlier, and we think different. Everybody has a good day. Everybody, everybody has a bad day and we have those in between days. So sometimes we miscommunicate. Other times we forget to say things that are important, right? And it can be very, very important. It can switch the gears up from zero to 10 effectively without even thinking. Communicating with each other openly and honestly helps prevent miscommunication in a lot of instances. You may know your spouse. You may know their triggers. And if you do, you know that you have all these tools that can help you be very effective with them. You know, there's some things that can go without being said, but then sometimes depending on the type of situation, the communication you have, those very things that you might say, well, this goes without being said. Sometimes you got to repeat that and you have to say that. Okay. Until you actually 
really realize that, yeah, this can go without being said. Because it could be that one time that you decided, I don't need to say that because she already knows. I don't need to say that because he already knows. It's the one time he or she, they didn't think about it. And they'll feel like you left out something on purpose. And it could it could lead you to total misunderstanding. Number four, it builds up trust. Trust is a huge factor. I don't believe any marriage can be successful without trust. That's my personal opinion. That's that's my personal opinion. I don't believe any marriage can be successful without trust. You got to be able to trust your wife. You got to be able to trust your husband. You have to be able to trust your marriage. That's imperative. I think that's a deal breaker. And it takes time to develop trust. It's not something that just you just give. Now you could say, okay, like a teacher gives all students at the beginning of the school year. In some instances, I know my children have experienced this with their student, their teachers. I've experienced this in my past with my teachers. And even when I got to college, everybody starts off with an A. But you have to keep it by earning it. Putting in the work. Developing skills. And that's how you can look at trust. Okay. As I say, not without reason. You can't build a house on quickie, on quicksand or on rocks. It has to have stability. And every marriage, just like you should have a base of friendship as a blueprint. Initially, not trying to become friends after you're married, but you should already have a friendship built with your husband, with your wife. And for all of my newlyweds or my engaged people that may be listening, work on building a friendship. I promise you. I'm 10 years in. I promise you it will help you deal with situations that can manifest that can be very, very. uh, What's the word I want to use? Very, very um, difficult to deal with because you're going to come against some things in your marriage. You're going to have some hits some patches that you're like, oh, this is a tough one. But when you have a friendship, you can sit there and say, yo. We're communicating as friends, but we're we're spouses. You know, you're my significant other, my wife, my husband. This is us. But it doesn't go anywhere. It's like driving. Every car starts in park. That's trust. That's that's where you stay. You, you park that car in park. And when you get ready to go and pull out of your spot, your foot is on a brake, preparing you to make that move, whether you're going to reverse, you know, If you're going to drive or if you're in neutral, it's shifting gears, but no gear can start anywhere. And I'm metaphorically speaking without trust. It's like having a heartbeat. You can't breathe without a heartbeat unless you're on a breathing machine. Right. And that means you're not breathing on your own. So if you don't have trust, How is your marriage surviving? And I'm not talking about the fake trust where you've earned the trust from your spouse, but your spouse knows that it's fake trust. Like I I say I trust them, but I don't really trust them. Then you already 
being dishonest to yourself. So if you start lying with yourself and you don't trust yourself, you darn sure know you can't trust your spouse. And it goes back to the effectiveness of communication. It helps to make you and your partner feel secure when you know that you can trust one another. Number five, it lets your partner support you. Sometimes the best benefits are the simplest. Life can be difficult without being married. But being married, you'll have your patches and your situations where it can get difficult. And you can have your different ways you handle things, your different methods of communication. Communication is not always verbal. It can be emotional. It can be mentally. It can be spiritually. It can be in your actions and in your deeds. Right? My husband and I adopted something so cute from my sister-in-law, Sydney, and her husband, Renee, years ago. And we told them, we love this. And if you don't mind, we would love to adopt this and, and place it in our marriage. And my sister-in-law was like, by all means, go for it. We have these two ducks. And it's so funny how, like, years later, I found these ducks, right? And they're the same, right? You can make them look differently if you like or however, but they're two ducks, same size. And you space them out in an area where they're always together because in marriage, we're always together, right? And when you need to communicate or you need to talk or you're feeling a certain way, but you don't want to talk like if let's just say they're always side by side or they're in the same, like, let's just say, for instance, in our home right now, there's a duck to the left and the right of our television on our fireplace and they are looking in a distance, but they're in a position where we know we have each other's back, but yet. I see it coming from this way. My husband sees it coming from that way. But we see it together. Now, let's just say I left this morning and my husband is still getting ready, getting himself together, preparing to get himself ready to take our son to school. Okay, later on. When he comes in and he sits down in the living room and he looks at those ducks, if, if my duck is turned towards him, he knows that I want to talk to him. Now, that doesn't mean like, oh, boy, she want to talk. No, it can be like, oh, you know what? Oh, I want to. We're getting ready to plan a vacation, which we are. And, uh, oh, I want to talk to him about this. I forgot to tell him this earlier. Okay, today I want to talk to him about this. He could just know I want to talk to him about something. Right? If my ducks are turned towards each other. That's saying we need to talk. Now I want to talk to him about something. But we need to talk. So it could be something that whatever, good, bad, or indifferent. Like I said, now you could say, well, that don't make sense, TT. If you got your duck turned his way, it's like, well, aren't you saying you want to talk to him about something? Well, he's still looking and he's covering his part. As I'm covering my part, but I'm I'm now saying, hey, I need to talk to you about something, right? And that's me wanting to communicate. I need to talk to you about something versus, oh, we need to have a conversation. That face-to-face, we need to, that means, okay, buddy, we need to talk. 
If our ducks are turned back to back, that means that we had a conversation that didn't leave us in a good place, yet we kind of are still in a spot where it's not totally at a place where we're at a standstill where we can say, okay, we got through that. It's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm still not feeling good about the conversation we had or what's going on. So we could, I could either have my back to him, letting him know this is how I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling what happened or something. It's not even I want to talk about it. I'm still in this place where we've agreed that we've disagreed, but I'm, I'm not I'm not with it right now. I'm not I'm not there. And if I turned that duck with his back to me and my back to him, that means we both are at a place where we've come. We've touched and agreed that I see it this way, but I don't agree with what he's trying to say. He sees it his way. He ain't agreeing what he trying to say. And we just add like we need to finish talking about this yet. We're not at a place where we're able to reconvene that conversation because that's honest. Sometimes you have to end the conversation and say, you know what? Listen, we're not going anywhere with this. We're not getting anywhere with this. I'm, 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 I'm kind of feeling heated or I'm feeling like this is not going to end well. I choose to not finish this conversation at this time. Let's revisit it. And hopefully your spouse will say, you know what? Okay. So that would also signify with those ducks turned back to back. We've ended with we're not seeing eye to eye. Let's end this right now and reconvene at another time. Those same ducks at another day or within that day can now be turned face to face showing, okay, I feel like we need to communicate. Or it could me turn my duck and say, you know what? I'm ready to talk about this. He knows his back is turned to me. So we know that's how it was. So I hope that helps and makes sense. But it's really cute. And I love that our ducks, I'd have to say 90% of the time, are at that position where I see it, you see it, and we got each other's back. So hopefully that will help you with that. Number six, it helps you to grow and love one another love is one of the most important ingredients in every marriage how did you get married without love how could you get married without love hell how could you get married without trust but let me be clear some of y'all got married without trust and i know some people that got married without love i've heard people say well we'll learn to love each other excuse you what i don't know how you did it i that that couldn't have worked for me I had to have loved my husband and I had to trust my husband in order to get into that union. And we went through some things where we had to learn to respect each other, learn to love each other way before we got married. But we had to learn those things. And that's why it's important to have friendships. You can't expect to continue in a marriage and it be successful and you get some real for real for real years If you just say, well, I'm with them. I don't love them, but, you know, I care for them. Like, who does that? But there are some marriages like that. I mean, if it works for you, great. I don't recommend it. So for all my people that are listening that are engaged, 
Um, yeah, I would work on that. Prior to jumping that broom or getting married, for those of you that are newlyweds, work on that thing. Fine-tune that. And for those of you that's in it and you don't have that, work at it. See, the beautiful thing about being married with someone you love and trust is that you can build. What you didn't have, you can work on having. You can't say, well, we already in this thing five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's too late. No, it ain't never too late. If you plan on being with that person, it ain't never too late to grow, love, show, develop. Okay? Sometimes the love in a relationship dies. It's unfortunate. It dies down. It's like, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't feel the same fire for her anymore. I don't feel the same fire for him anymore. That's why we say it takes work. If you find yourself losing interest, I feel that's one of those, we need to have a conversation. I don't feel that flame like we used to. I feel like something's missing. That's called communication. You have to give your spouse a chance to know this is where you are. And your spouse, man, woman, husband, wife, if your significant other comes to you and say, listen, I feel like there's something missing in our union. I feel like the fire is brewing out. Don't be sitting there immediately thinking, oh, it must be someone else. I despise when you think that. When I hear my friends or people I know or associates say, well, I tried to have this conversation. And the first thing my wife said, the first thing my husband said must be somebody else. What? Why? Why it can't be you're not doing what you used to do or I'm not doing what I used to do. And I'm feeling like something's missing. I want to get that thing back. I love when I see older couples together still have an open public affection, holding hands, arm in arm, snuggling, cuddling, sharing food off each other's plate, feeding one another, little things like that. I ain't saying that that's what it has to look like, but that's familiar to me. I smile at that when I see an older couple like that. Husbands, still opening the door for your wives. Not just on date night, but every time. And it's funny. I'm going to share this. And I'm transparent. And my husband is transparent. To a certain degree, I might be a little bit more transparent than my husband. But there was a time my husband really only opened my car door when we were on dates. Right? Or if if I was dressed up. And one day I, I thought about it and I think it was, a, a, um, a, um, I think Rocky, shout out to Rocky Harris and her husband, Ben Harris. I think it was Rocky that made a post that actually um, jarred my thoughts that I wanted to talk to my husband about that. She made a post about something about, you know, still being that, that man that opened the door for your woman, not only the door to the car, but the door enter in the place now my husband always enters a opens a door when we enter the place that was not a never issue but it was like oh my husband I noticed to myself he only opens the door when I'm dressed up or it's date night and I brought it to his attention during dinner one night and he said I never realized that I didn't I'm sorry you want me to open your door no matter where we going where we are I said yeah like yeah he said okay I got you And that was just me saying it. And I am happy to report my husband opens my door no matter where we're going, how I'm dressed. I could be in some sweats, 
whether we go on and uh, we go wherever he opens that car door for me and i'm like oh and if we had the old school doors where you pop the lock and you pull the lever up i would go back old school from a tales in the bronx a tales in the bronx is an old school classic movie where the young man was being taught if she's the one right by one of the italian mafia bosses if she's the one you open her door and you go around and you get ready to get in your door. If she doesn't reach over and unlock that door. She ain't the one. Well when she did it. He was like yes. Yes. She's the one. But. The door is automatically unlocked. In today's time y'all know what kind of cars we got. That door is already automatically unlocked. But if it wasn't that type of door. I definitely would unlock my husband's door. Each and every time. So. It's just a fun fact. But. If we're putting the effort from both sides to keep the fire sparked, you run a slim, slim chance of it burning out. And number seven, the final one is great for your mood. One of the greatest gifts in any relationship is being able to express your genuine happiness to one another. When someone knows that they are happy, that you make them happy, that being with them makes them happy. It brings a level of sexiness to your marriage and peace and happiness. When you're honest and you're joyful about the time you spend in that relationship, sharing your happiness with that one that either changed your last name or your name has been changed too. So if you're the husband, you changed your wife's last name. And if you're the wife, that man changed their last name. It helps bring a sexiness, an openness, and a much healthier process to your union when you are effectively investing in your marriage. So that's all I got for you today. This is your girl TT from the D. I hope that something I say, one or two or three or four or five, will be something that you can adopt, add to your marriage if you're not already doing it. If you are and you're already doing what I just talked about this morning, share it with someone you might feel could use it. Even if they're using it and doing things on their own, we can all learn something every day to help grow our marriage. I'll see you tomorrow for day number three of the 30 Day Marriage Challenge. I'll see you soon.